We are on Unit 2, Intermediate Fishing, and we are going to talk about finding fish. I've done extensive research <clears throat> over the years and have determined 100% of the time you are not going to catch fish someplace that has no fish. So if we can figure out where the fish are, obviously we're going to greatly increase our chances of catching fish. Um, whenever we're thinking about where fish might be hiding, keep three things in mind. Fish need food, protection, and comfort. This lesson we're going to concentrate on food, what fish eat. If we can locate the source of the food the fish are eating, we're going to find a fish. <clears throat> there was an old uh, uh, fisherman, uh, very wise, very successful, and some young new fisherman came up to him and asked him where the fish are. And he replied, I don't know. They were kind of puzzled by this because he was such a great fisherman and, and everything. And just as he knew he had him hooked, he added, I don't care where the fish are. I care where the bait fish are. Hence, let's dig into this. There are three th different categories of things that fish feed on. One is forage fish, aquatics, and terrestrials. Forage fish are things like blue-nosed dace. Throughout Indiana, throughout North America, um, you notice that little red stripe uh, right down where the, the lateral line would be. Uh, a lot of our lures that we use use the same coloration and, and pattern as the uh, blue-nosed dace. Uh, we also have the fathead minnow. These are the ones that you will be buying whenever you go to a bait shop and, and buy minnows. These are raised in uh, the southern states, Alabama, Mississippi, uh, very large aquaculture farms um, that supply uh, uh, minnows literally throughout North America. It's, it's, it's a phenomenal operation. Um, then we get uh, creek chubs. Um, if you take a wade through the mighty Jordan River, uh, on the IU campus, you will find creek chubs. Uh, as a kid growing up in uh, eastern Ohio on uh, farmland, we had a creek that ran through our, our farm, and I spent just hours and hours and hours uh, fishing for creek chubs. I called them, you know, the uh, uh, poor man's trout. Um, these things would get 8, 10 inches, sometimes 12 inches. I mean, fairly decent-sized, you know, fish for a, uh, a creek that in some places you could jump across, or when you're 10 years old you could jump across. Um, not bad eating. There were many a times that I would uh, uh, leave home in the morning and uh, with the admonition that I was to be home before dark, and I'd go down to the creek. I always kept a, uh, uh, a spool of fishing line stashed uh, you know, under a, a rock down there and uh, some, some hooks. And I would uh, cut a, 
uh, a branch, uh, tie the one end of the fishing line onto it, um, tie the hook on the other, dig around under some rocks and stumps and and uh, turn over clumps of dirt until I found some type of bait and bait that up, spend some time fishing, uh, catch some of these, build a fire, I cook the fish over the fire, no utensils, and I uh, thought it was absolutely great fun. Uh, remember, this is before Xbox, Nintendo, uh, Switch, you know, so on and so forth. So if you ever get an opportunity, you know, t take a look at the Creek Chub. These are really prominent during the spawning uh, season. Their, their fins turn a really bright orange, and they're just absolutely gorgeous uh, during the spawn. Uh, golden shiner this is another fish that you'll find in in bait shops uh, and naturally growing <coughs> in the uh, uh, lakes and reservoirs in Indiana uh, striped shiners look very similar uh, the shiny flashy fish that you'll see uh, a lot of the lures imitating and then the gizzard shad which we've talked about extensively in class and how this was a um, ill-planned introduction into Lake Monroe and all of the, the causes, uh, all of the problems that this, uh, this fish has caused. <clears throat> now let's talk about aquatics. Um, aquatics are creatures that live in the water that are not fish. Uh, right here is a, uh, an illustration of an aquatic worm. And if you go to that website right there that you can barely make out, troutnut.com, uh, there's a whole bunch of more information uh, about aquatics. Aquatic worms are fascinating. There's like a billion different species of aquatic worms. And what's so unique about them is that they are different, uh, different colorations. As I mentioned in class one time, these were... Everybody was fishing black plastic worms, and I could not figure out where they were getting black nightcrawlers until, ah, these are aquatic worms. And they do come in black and purple and yellow and white and just all kinds of different uh, um, uh, colors. They're also unique in that you will find different species of aquatic worms located in different bottom types, and we'll get into that a little bit later, I believe. Uh, leeches, um, <laughs> an aquatic. Um, I hate leeches. Oh, God, I hate leeches. I, I used to get leeches on me when I was a kid. I hated leech, leeches. If you ever want some really good uh, uh, leech uh, footage, watch The African Queen with Humphrey Bogart and, oh, geez, I forget her name, um, Catherine Hepburn. And there's a scene in there that will absolutely make your skin crawl if you um, are adverse to leeches. They do catch fish. <clears throat> if you're a fly fisherman, you may have used a uh, uh, woolly bugger. And it's a fly, uh, black, very feathery, and it is designed to imitate the uh, leech in the water. And it can be absolutely dynamite on largemouth bass um, when fished around uh, vegetation. Uh, crayfish, um, I've never found anyone who fish for bass 
with crayfish that did not catch bass. I mean, this is just almost a guarantee that you are going to catch um, bass. The larger the crayfish, the larger the bass you're going to catch. Um, small crayfish, like maybe an inch, two inches, are going to catch the smaller bass. If you put a four-inch crayfish on there, I mean, something that could eat, you know, smaller fish, um, you're going to get a big bass. You just in Golf them. Um, I've I've gutted bass that were just packed full of crayfish, very large crayfish. It's 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 amazing. Um, typically, you will hook um, a crayfish either through the tail, right back here, with hook coming up like so, or through the uh, the, the carapace, uh, the hard shell. Uh, right up right up there um, both ways work very well the idea is that you want uh, some mobility with a crayfish uh, make him look as natural as possible <clears throat> now we go into uh, nymphs and there's oh crap I'm sorry I thought I took that out sorry <laughs> uh, I'm not sure how that got in there uh, nymphs uh, nymphs are little insects um, you know that uh, the the uh, the different stages of an insect's de development, you know, from egg all the way up through adult. Uh, adult. Um, this is the nymph stage. Uh, these guys have <clears throat> hatched from the eggs, and they're stuck on the bottom of rocks in the stream bed or, or in the lake. They'll be attached to a vegetation or stumps or, or, or things like that, and they're growing, and they're making their way into the adulthood uh, stage. Um, fish absolutely love nymphs. Uh, trout, especially bluegill, especially crappie nah not so much they're more into uh to minnows uh largemouth bass are not going to really chase down a nymph if one's presented to them they're certainly going to eat it um particularly trout particularly uh bluegill just go nuts over over nymphs and uh, a little pop quiz here um of these three images with four nips in it, one of them is not real. I would like you to tell me which one. Uh, let's talk about terrestrials. Uh, terrestrials are animals that live on land that find themselves in the water. Uh, here's a, a picture of a grasshopper, a huge um, a food source for, for fish. Well, how do grasshoppers that live on land get in the water um, mainly wind because as these guys fly they can get blown off course and they end up in the water and so really windy day is a really good time to to use a grasshopper uh, how do you catch grasshoppers um, very carefully and with great patience if you are taking kids fishing this is wonderful make them run out through the fields and the meadows uh, chasing grasshoppers you will wear them out and they're most easily caught with some type of a net you know a collector's net um, you can't catch them by hand you have to be very stealthy and very quick um, i generally hook a grasshopper right behind a carapace right up here just by passing uh, a thin uh, Aberdeen hook 
something with a thin wire. Um, uh, cricket hooks are, are, are very good for this. <clears throat> now grasshoppers are interesting to use as bait. And before you actually fish with the, with a grasshopper, I would recommend that you go out and observe a grasshopper in the water, i.e. catch a grasshopper, throw it in the water, watch what happens. It's, 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 it's really interesting because a grasshopper hits the water and it's like, oh crap, I'm in the water. I could be eaten. And so they'll be really, really still. And then after all the the rings fade away, then you'll see the grasshopper do two or three kicks to kind of orient himself back towards shore. And then he'll be still. And the rings will fade away. And then he'll give a, a, you know, a series of kicks. You know, he'll, he's, he's kicking, you know, six inches, maybe eight inches towards the shore, and then he'll stop. And he'll let the the rings fade away. I mean, he's thinking if I'm really quiet about this, maybe I can get back to that that low hanging uh, piece of of grass that's, that's hanging into the water at the uh, at the shoreline, and I can crawl up on that, and I'll be safe from largemouth bass. And then he'll give another series of kick, 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 kick. Then he'll stop, and this will go on until he's just in sight of that blade of grass at his his salvation you know do one final kick 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 now he's in the belly of a largemouth bass um observe natural baits in the wild that will show you how fish feed and what they're they're feeding on and the closer you can match the naturals with your artificials, the more successful you're going to be. Crickets are a fantastic uh, uh, terrestrial bait to use. Uh, as we mentioned in class, they, uh, uh, bait, uh, pet stores are a really good place to buy crickets because they're cheaper. Uh, ants are, are a, a favorite food of, uh, of you know, bluegill and, uh, and uh, you know, panfish, uh, trout, um, fly tires, always have an array of of ants and usually black red brown um in in their in their fly boxes uh spiders uh, again fly fishermen will you will, will tie up sponge rubber spiders these are little pieces of sponge for flotation and then some rubber legs that uh, that um, uh imitate the um uh, the spider legs. Uh, bees, uh, fly fishermen have what's called a McGinney wet fly, and that is uh, tied with uh, black and yellow uh, chenille. It's a, um, think of it as a yarn, and this imitates a yellow jacket, um, which is a, uh, a favorite food of fish and the, 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 the most despised um, bee of, of homeowners, ranchers, farmers, and uh, little kids that are seven years old gets, that gets stung 27 times whenever he stepped into a yellow jacket nest, but just saying. Uh, earthworms. Uh, we, we've talked about in class uh, night crawlers, uh, grubs, bee moth, which are basically just a, 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 a larva. Um, again, if you're taking kids out fishing, 
make them gather their own bait. I mean, spend 45 minutes in the backyard uh, digging holes, and um, you're going to expend some energy. Uh, you're, you're going to wear the little buggers out. Okay, so that kind of that's a kind of a, a quick wrap up of uh, uh, natural food that that fish eat, and so now let's go into protection.